Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I am Richard Bliss, the host, and I want to appreciate all of you that have been supporting and backing the, uh, the podcast for so long and for so many years, particularly to our Patreon backers and for the generous support that you provided and we give thanks. Thank you very much. I hope that you enjoyed this episode because I have certainly enjoyed reaching out to my guest today who uh, inspired me because I found a quote of his in an article that I was reading and felt that it was a perfect fit for you as my listening audience and for a lot of us out there who are trying to find ways to build a following when it comes to our creative work. My guest is Hunter Adams, who is a filmmaker, an independent filmmaker out of the L.A. area. Hunter, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Richard. My pleasure being here. Now, you are an independent filmmaker, and you've created a film just recently called uh, Dig Two Graves. That is correct. Give us a little bit of background about, about the film and where somebody can find it, and then we'll kind of talk about how, the, sure. how we got to that point. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the film, it, it centers on a young girl um, whose brother mysteriously disappears at a rock quarry. And she is visited thereafter by three backwoods moonshiners who offer to bring her brother back to life, but at a uh, rather grim cost. So she has to to wrestle with this deal with the devil. Got it. Yeah. A moral dilemma. dilemma. A moral dilemma. Indeed. so, So this is an independent film. You tell the listeners what that means to be an independent film. Well, I think technically the term just means it's made outside of the studio system. I think independent is a little bit misleading these days because you have a pretty wide uh, spectrum of budgets. I mean, a $40 million movie could be considered independent by that definition. Um, but uh, this is truly an independent film. We, we uh, made it for uh, well under a million bucks and um, without obviously any type of uh, studio involvement. And you also didn't reach out to Kickstarter or any crowdfunding for this either, did you? Uh, we did not, no. But you have had some Kickstarter experience because you did a, um, a project, I think you were just telling me, that it just uh, wrapped up. You were sending out the rewards uh, today or yesterday. Yeah, so that one was a uh, graphic novel called Blue Palms that um, we, we just finished the first volume of it. And we're about to begin work on the second volume. And our, uh, our goal with that is to uh, build up our, our audience base um, for the graphic novel. And then we're going to try to spin it off into an animated series. Got it. Got it. The, yeah. quote, the quote that you that got quoted that I saw and that re- caused me to reach out to you um, was the quote about – and I tweeted it out. And now I can't remember off the top of my head. But it was that an independent filmmaker today – has to build their fan base before they even make the film, right? Is that, that's a paraphrasing right. of that quote, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the filmmaker has to wear many hats these days. Uh, one of them is filmmaker, and another one is, is promoter, marketer, um, you know, distributor, essentially. Well, for most, kicks- so it's, it's- so for most independent films, Kickstarters, comic books, all of these type of creative work that's going on on Kickstarter and crowdfunding, one of the challenges is that people forget that, that the fundraising portion is probably one of the last things you do 
Because before that, before you even start asking for money, you have to have built up some kind of demand or awareness or interest for your project. And in mm-hmm. your case, it was an independent film. How did you go about mm-hmm. building that fan base before you got to this point? Well, we uh, shot a, a short version of the film uh, originally, and we used that to, to help. We played some festivals and sort of drum up some interest in the project, and it also helped us um, when we were trying to, you know, approach the investors as kind of a proof of concept. So when you were proof, but, um, when you were approaching the investors, you could say, "Hey, here's a sample," and send that as a sample for them to take a look at. Exactly. Yeah. Is there so, so it helped with that, and then it also just helped sort of getting people aware of the project early on before before we began the feature. And so that fan base, then, how do you stay in touch with that fan base? How do you stay engaged so that that fan base feels like they're participating in the creation of something that, that you've helped uh, raise their awareness about? Well, I mean, you know, the sort of simple answer is you just have to, uh, you have to engage via social media. You know, we had a Facebook page, and, um, you know, it's, it's not – I think the, the one misconception people have is that it's, I think it's just about promoting that one work, that yeah, one film. Right. But it's, I think it's more about um, engaging on sort of everything that's happening around the film. So other films that are similar to that, um, you know, promoting other people's work, just getting involved within that community, with whoever your audience might be. That's, that's the, the, the real key. And so how do you do that? Finding pe- well, um, for example, um, with, with the graphic novel, um, Blue Palms, it's, it's um, finding other you know, comic artists that we like, that we're, we're influenced by, um, engaging with them, promoting them. Um, a lot of times if you promote them, they'll promote you in return as a, as a courtesy. So it's, it's just starting the dialogue with, with people, with your audience, with people that like um, that kind of content. But I think if you just hammer them with, with promoting your own work, you know, people get a little tired of that. So they do. Get, they gotta, do. Yeah. I get a lot of people reach out to me uh, wanting to either be on the show, wanting me to back their project on crowdfunding, and I have to tell them, I said, yeah. look, the first time I meet you should not be you <laughs> asking me for money. Exactly. Right? Exactly. There should be something there. Yeah. And so in your case, you're quite yeah. active on social. It's interesting because you and I engaged and conversed, not by mm-hmm. email, not by phone call, right? Uh, it yeah. Was, it was through Twitter, right? I, saw, I found your Twitter account, yep. and, and I sent you a message. You sent exactly. me a message back, and that's how we uh, stayed in co- contact with each other. And so it's that inst- yeah. instant access. How do you, do you feel yep. any challenges in managing that kind of always-on, always-present that social media demands of you now? Because you're talking about wearing those different hats, right? And so now right. you, you have these people like me reaching out, want to touch, yeah. want to touch points. Is it difficult, <laughs> right, managing that? It, well, it is. Um, you know, it, it, but it's, it's kind of a necessary evil. If you, if you want to be in this industry, you sort of have to do that. Um, it's interesting. I, I set Dig Two Graves in the 1970s specifically to avoid this type, you know, the constant being plugged in, where you, you know, you constantly know where everybody is at, at all times. Um, so I, I do have some nostalgia for for those earlier times, like when I grew up uh, in the '80s. You know, we obviously didn't have 
cell phones and, and Facebook and whatnot. But I think in this in this day and age, if if you want to be in the entertainment industry, um, if you want to be a public figure and artist, you, you really have to utilize social media and you have to be present and active. Or, or, or if you want to be president, I guess uh, we could even go there. But uh, <laughs> it's com- exactly. it's com- it's completely changed the landscape of what it means to yeah. be right a digital leader, uh, an executive, or yeah. a, a person present. You just you just have to be there. So tell us a little bit yeah. about the. Di- I, go ahead. I say, I, you know, I was put sort of sluggish for a long time. Um, but when, once you start to do it, it's actually it's pretty fun, to be honest, because you're dealing with with um, audience that is into the same stuff that you're into. So it, I find it actually pretty easy the more I've done it, because you're just engaging on a you know on a person to person level. You, you don't have to, you know, you're not selling act a certain way or put. Yeah, exactly. You're not you're selling just, something. You're just interacting. Yeah, yeah. You're just interacting. And so it's interesting because I've heard you make this comment about uh, people who are interested in the same things that you're interested in because your your slant here is a little bit towards the macabre, the uh the uh <laughs> right, the right, the dark yeah. the dark humor. So tell us a little bit For about sure. what's that like. So Dig Two Graves, this this you said it in the mm-hmm. 70s. It sounds intriguing. Um, immediately, you know what I think about it, when you said that um I immediately think about uh, the uh, Stranger Things that's been on uh, Netflix, yeah, yeah, and the body yeah, that the body that they're pulling out of the quarry, um, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, oh yeah, oh man, okay, yeah, and yeah, so, yeah, yeah, there's some parallels, uh, and I I can understand that. So, what is it that? How did you find yourself drawn into this kind of theme <laughs> and this kind of uh, this kind of I guess genre that that drives that is is there a, is there an interest there? Has it always been there? You are, you know this this may go back to my Wisconsin upbringing and a little uh, a case of brain freeze perhaps. Uh, they you know they call it weird Wisconsin I think because you know we have the uh, the most famous serial killers in the world um, and also great filmmakers. And I'm, I'm not sure exactly why that is, but I think it has something to do probably with the, the cold weather, the, uh, the copious amounts of beer that is consumed, um, uh, and maybe perhaps the uh, Germanic and Polish population. Oh, it might yeah, have it might have a lot of all of that to do with that. So, is this yes. something even while because you've been? I think you told me you've been in the LA area about what eight ten years since you left Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, little change right. of climate, right? Yeah, indeed, indeed. But I've I've always been drawn to uh, like film noirs is is one of my favorite genres. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure exactly why, but yeah, just a little bit darker, weirder type of of humor and content. And are you finding in today's ability to fracture uh, uh, audiences into smaller and smaller segments that it's at Maybe it's gotten easier for you to find those group of fans who are drawn to that particular topic. Yeah, I think it's definitely gotten easier to find them. But on the flip side, um, there's so much content now that it's it's harder and harder to, to sort of pierce through that you know glut. So I think in some ways making a film isn't even the hardest part anymore. It's getting a film seen or, or getting actual meaningful distribution monetization. 
Yeah, because the interesting that you bring up an, uh, a point that's a bit ironic, and that is the very tools that we have now. Right, my iPhone. Right, we can shoot a movie quite easily, the yeah. full movie, edit it, shoot it, edit it, everything on that uh, device. Not necessarily yeah. that you want to, but camera equipment right. now. Well, right. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, if done properly, I, I saw a film last year called Tangerine that was shot on an iPhone, and brilliant film. You know, it doesn't necessarily work for every film, but for that one shot on the mean streets of L.A., it was totally appropriate. So yeah. I think it's, it's – I like it when the technology is, is used with intention, not just because it's there. Easy. So what does that mean, used with intention? Well, the um, that particular film, Tangerine, it, it follows two uh, transsexuals on a kind of odyssey through – LA and they were um, non-actors um, but the iPhone it just gives you um, authentic I mean, yeah a real authentic, authenticity and my understanding is um, the uh, the two leads felt pretty comfortable because they were you know we're a cell phone culture we're a selfie culture so it didn't feel like they were necessarily in a movie so there weren't these you know big cameras and Right, everything following them around. They could be a little more, um, you know, conspicuous. In your in your case with Dig Two Graves, uh, you mentioned that it came in under a budget of a, under a million dollars. How long? Where? Mm-hmm. What was the setting? Where did you set this uh, set this film? Well, um, it takes place in a region called Little Egypt, which is at the very uh, bottom of Illinois. It's a very uh, everything's Egyptian themed down there for some reason. Um, it's unlike the rest of the state, you know, which is very flat. It's really, uh, it's hilly and rocky and craggy and there's swamps. And I mean, it really feels like you're in Appalachia. What took Um, you there? How did you find that? Well, I had written a script with Wisconsin as the, the backdrop, but tax incentives is what drew us to Illinois. And yeah, so I drove around the state for weeks and, uh, eventually got tipped off to, uh, little Egypt drove down there and it was uh it was perfect it's it's uh the perfect setting for a supernatural thriller excellent excellent yeah so as we and that's go ahead that's been a big um a big boost to uh to the film is, is cultivating that audience down there um we've been really good about engaging with the uh the locals in that region and they've been really uh, vocal supporters of the film. So anytime we have a, a social media blast, we can expect about 50 shares from just from them, uh, the people in that region. Yeah. Well, and had, had you ever been there before? You had never been there before, had you? I had never been there. No, I had no idea it existed. Um, there's a university there called Southern Illinois University, SIU. Um, it's got a, also a really weird, dark past. Um, it's a pretty magical place. Well, now, obviously, uh, me and I hope several of my listeners, we have to go visit this uh, this fascinating place. Having drink, what yeah. inter- what interstate is the closest interstate to that area? Do you know? Um, yeah. Well, it's it's sort of geographically it's around the confluence of the uh, Mississippi and Ohio rivers. So um, we've got Missouri around the other side of the Mississippi. Uh, you have Kentucky right at the bottom, the other side of the Ohio. Um, so it's, it's 
that if that helps at all. It does. It does. Now that you mentioned that, yeah. I think I might have been in that area and crossed some of those rivers. I'll have to. I'll have to take a look. That's yeah. uh, that's fascinating that you start to see the back, the backstory on that. So, where they can find the film at digtwograves.com. It's that is a, correct. And there's a said, link to uh, iTunes, and they can find it on iTunes right now. Mm-hmm. How long? What's the running time? And then time? Uh, it's uh, just under ninety minutes. Okay. And then available wider release will be available by when? Yeah, and, uh, April twenty first. It'll be on all VOD platforms, so Amazon, PlayStation. Voodoo, etc. But right now, it's uh, it's an iTunes exclusive, and we're in theaters um, in about ten markets. So tell me, as we wrap up, we've got just a couple more minutes. That's a that's a really interesting because several of uh, my listeners have been on the show before with their films. Mm-hmm. How do you get? What's is it hard to get yourself onto iTunes with a film like this, and is it hard to get into theaters? Um. It is not hard to get on iTunes. Um, essentially, anyone can get on iTunes these days, um, but you do have to go through uh, an aggregator. So, for instance, I could not personally call up iTunes and give them my film. You have to either go through a distributor or um, one of these third-party, like, VOD um, bookers, essentially. Okay. Um, so, you know, it would probably cost you... About five hundred bucks. Oh, that's not bad at all. No. And then now the the tricky part. The tricky part, though, is you can anybody, like I said, can essentially get it on iTunes now, um, assuming you pass their uh, their QT check. But what often happens is a film will, you know, get dropped on there and it'll just be lost in the you know oblivion of choices on iTunes. The noise. Yes. So. The key is you want to try to get placement on the uh, the homepage or under one of whatever specific genre your film happens to Got it. fall under. And the way that that happens is iTunes, you know, editorially can decide that they like the film. Um, otherwise, it's based on an algorithm um, that's that's a tr- transactional based. So if you send your audience to iTunes, the day it opens, and they rent it or purchase it, and uh, your tra- transactions spike, iTunes is going to pull you out of the muck and feature you on, on that homepage. And that's when people that just wander onto iTunes because they want to watch something on a Friday night, they have a chance to see it. Otherwise, um, unless they specifically go there to find your movie, they'll never, they'll never see it. Got it. And so they will find... The movie, if we go to iTunes right now and type in Dig Two Graves, it'll pop up. It will pop up. Otherwise, it's also featured under the independent section and the thriller section under the uh, new and noteworthy films. All right. To my listeners, you've heard your call to action. Let's go find and support one of our uh, guests that's been on the show. Uh, it's, it's Hunter, thank you so much for taking the time to kind of talk about the experience and uh, yeah. telling us a little bit about the success that you've had. You got it, Richard. My pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, this has been great. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been Hunter Adams. He's an independent filmmaker. His film, Dig Two Graves, is on iTunes. You can go out there, take a look under the independent or the thriller. Was that it, Adam? Uh, Yeah, that is correct. 
thriller. Yep. So go take a look. Let's show some love and support for uh, one of our guests. Thanks for listening. Take care.